that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, Now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw. My name is Randy. Before we dive into today's episode, and it is a great one, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Roback. Roback Activewear, they've been gaining traction big time. We love the fit and feel of their gear. The quality is top notch. I want to talk about three products, TC. The first being their performance polos. They fit so much better than your typical boxy polos. They have uh, their designs from fire prints, classic stripes, simple solids. They they have it all. Uh, Four-way stretch material is next level and wrinkle-free. The collars never lose their shape. Combine it all, and that's why Roback polos are unmatched. The second, their performance quarter zips, total game changer here for spring golf. They're soft, perfect for a crisp early morning 18. You can use it to run around the block. You can wear it into the office or a night out. They're the definition of versatile. And then finally, last but not least, Roback's performance hoodies are legitimately the most comfortable hoodies we've ever worn on the course and off of it. Uh, soft, stretchy. Again, you can play golf on, in them. You can wear them out on the town. Uh, extremely versatile. Nothing beats seeing someone wearing the subtle dog logo, giving them that little nod because you know they get it. And right now, listeners, you can use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, on roback.com, R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com, roback.com, 20% off all polos, quarter zips, hoodies, and tees with code TRAP. Trust us when we say you can't beat Roback. Check them out now. Licked it. I I nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And without further ado, let's, let's introduce our guests. Of course... I'm joined by my guy, TC, the one and only TC. How are you today? Hello, big. I'm good. I'm just enjoying some time at home. Good to be here in Florida. It's like high, high seventies. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Love to hear that. Uh, from somewhere in America, we don't know where Mr. Poosh, AKA Poosh daddy, AKA Micah Pushel, the lead singer of Iration currently on tour. Mr. Poosh, where in the world are you? Uh, I am in the garage behind first avenue where uh your boy prince played a played a few shows and his his motorcycle um i think still lives here it's under some stuff but there's a motorcycle there's a bunch of prince artifacts and and things here so yeah in in minneapolis okay yes sorry wonderful and our final guest we got we got a four a four person pod today mr kevin van valkenberg aka kvv good afternoon to you sir whereabouts are you coming from thanks boys i am in good old baltimore getting uh getting packed up a few things to head to the pga championship next week uh taking the 95 degree heat to use some of that rowback you know for the early morning uh walks at southern hills and then uh you know, sweat through it and uh, change out into something else. I think Wonderful. our guy P's been wearing Roback lately. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. off the rack purchases late. Uh, Possibly, or, or maybe just you know stuff it in your bag and walk out the front yard. Who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's a trap trial listener. Exactly. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Lady J- maybe Lady J stocking him up. He's using code trap. It's only only for first time 
first time purchases though. Okay. So he would have had to really stock up. Yeah. He, he's maybe, he, you know, he kind of goes up and down in size these days too. So it might be tough for him to, you know, get, get the thick size versus the skinny size. You know, it's hard to know. Absolutely. Uh, well, as far as agenda today, we got some very, very pressing news of the day to cover. We can go through that with everybody. Uh, I'm looking at about five stories on our uh, five or six, maybe on our agenda here. Absolutely deserving of everybody's attention. And then um, a couple of housekeeping things. I think we're, you know, I, I asked everybody to think about something you've read, something you've watched lately that you want to give a shout out to. And then, uh, I, you know, the four of us are on this text thread and lately it's just devolved into an ongoing NFL discussion would be one word, just snipe session at each other, mainly involving quarterbacks. So I want to use the last part of this podcast. We got to get everybody's quarterback takes on the record as we go into mini camps and the summer before the, uh, the 2022 season. So that's Randy for the record. What's, what's the name of the, of the, of the thread called the, the thread is, is entitled the Shanny appreciators. Thank you. Just wanted the record to state that. <laughs> Which I'm glad you guys will accept me in there because I, I yeah. feel like if anything I'm a bit agnostic. Okay, I, if if Shani's out there, if he's a trapdoor listener and he would ever want to come on, I feel like we could definitely find a spot for for Kyle to. And he'd probably be a pretty adept trapdoor guest, right? Just working his way through the current events, you know, have some thoughts on young thugs' arrest, all, all the things. Well, the the only thing is we would have to get a formal apology from him on the Chris Sims tattoo. Oh, that's true. Is that is that confirmed or did that was just a throwaway thing in like did was Shani quoted in one of those pieces saying it or was there just a, a throwaway reference to the Christian? I'll, I'll let you answer this one. No, like I'm a- I'm I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed by some okay. people in the know. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave that there. I'm not gonna go too far too much further into that. I liked Chris Sims more before he was kind of like the sort of trolling. Uh, he seems to be like, oh, I'm half analyst, half kind of troll. Like he he just throws out a lot of takes that don't seem sincere to me. I think he's osmosizing some Florio. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Is like Florio is just is like pushing his his normal a little bit to, more towards whatever side that Florio's on. Florio did something the other Careful. day. It was Randy's like a, a guy. A big Florio guy, Randy. Florio did something the other day that I thought was just completely embarrassing. He, he had like a Baker Mayfield article. And like within it, there was like a, a thing in quotes. It was something about like Baker leaving. And it was essentially like, it seemed like it was a quote from Baker. And then the attribution was, is something that he might say. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like what? I know that like, I don't come to pro football uh, talk for like high journalism standards, but like, can we at least like not, put things in quotes that are just imagined in the mind of Mike Florio. I don't know. Well, KVB, I take a little bit of exception with you, you not liking the half serious, half a bit uh, way of going about things. Cause <laughs> I, I feel like that's a direct shot across my bow. And, and my, uh, you know, perhaps you're just more sincere and you're the way you sell it. So well, maybe and Chris uh, Sims, like going back to Texas, we, we don't need to relitigate this, but like Chris Sims sucks. I mean, period point blank. I, 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 know, I, I have no ball. issue with Chris Sims. I have very little memory even of Chris Sims as a player, uh, just that maybe he was never quite as good as everyone hoped he would be. But as an analyst, I feel that sometimes the takes don't seem sincere. 
guys push what's what's the word in the in the world of music about this uh this indictment coming out of atlanta late last night involving uh, the, the, the ysl crew the young slime the, life or or, or the, the young stoner life yeah yeah wh- whichever you prefer 56 count indictment 56 counts well it's not good i i actually just totally missed your your uh your question there because these headphones just just went out on me but um just assuming it's not good <laughs> i'm assuming when you when you mentioned 56 counts and i think you're referencing young thug uh it's it's not great i mean it seems like the the young sl- slime life is that what it is young slime life or young stoner life i feel like there are a couple different variations it's whatever you prefer it seems like they're they're what they're being pegged is affiliated with the bloods mm-hmm. um didn't know that was still a thing i thought that was like kind of an 80s nod to like the cult you know the movie colors which is a great movie but um i guess they're still going and these guys are affiliated i guess he rented a car and then the car was used in a murder that's always one way to kind of indict yourself uh is have your your name on record in a murder vehicle he rented the car from hertz too which (laughs) i thought the uh the guy who broke the news last night uh Massive, massive coup on the uh, on the scoop uh, broke the news. I think it was what Fox Five, Randy. Let's see. It's Michael Seedon. WSB TV. Uh, yeah. Not WSB is where Sean McVay's father was the general manager. How about that? So well, yeah, the, the the indictment includes uh, charges of conspiring to violate, of course, the the RICO Act. Uh, murder, armed robbery, participation in criminal street gang activity. 28 members and associates of, of Young Slime Life have been indicted. Uh, Mr. Pooch, let me ask you this. Do you, do you need to catch raps like this to, to officially be, you know, a, I, I, is this kind of... For cred? Yeah, for cred, exactly. I, does Iration yeah, I have any plans to maybe violate some RICO Act? Well, we have, we, we have... Uh, our, our biggest hit is a song called Falling about meeting at a concert and it's a love song. So cred was immediately cut from the very beginning. Um, <laughs> so no, no, we're law abiding. Like we do our taxes. We have, uh, we're not, we're not in with any bad crowds except for maybe this, you know, this you know present company excluded right here. That's as bad as it gets. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good look. Uh, but I, it's just going to generate publicity, and that's what they really want. I'm sure they'll get off with, get off, and it'll be fine. Randy, I was a huge fan of the this Michael Seiden or Michael Seiden uh, tagging everybody involved. He tagged Young Thug. We can't yeah. forget about Gunna. He also tagged yeah. Gunna. Gunna's also a uh, party to this. Um, but YFN Lucci, who I, I guess they were trying to murder. Uh, I'm not familiar with with Mr. Lucci's work. Um, but I guess they were trying to murder him while he was in Fulton County Jail, uh, and they've they've used lyrics uh, from songs as part of the indictment as well. Uh, but he also tagged Hertz in in the tweet, which was fantastic. Uh, our friend Jason Kirk from SB or uh, from uh, um, or you know former. Yeah, Banner, Banner Society, Society. of uh, SB Nation. Uh, he, he got a big kick out of his tweets last night. 
I've always felt that racketeering and RICO laws were sort of like the utility club of the prosecutors out there. You could think we yes. use for a lot of different things, you know, they, they little bump and run, <laughs> hit it high, you know, a little low draw if you need, whatever it is. It takes. That's that's racketeering. It's like the five club uh, bag from like a you yeah. know, Rudy Giuliani prosecutorial <laughs> school of law. Big, big ups too. I, I had a lot of fun looking through the nicknames of all the people uh, in the indictment. You know, you got everything from Duwop and Tuda to B and Polo and Juicy and I mean people with multiple nicknames. It, it, it's really it, it's quite something. I think our friend Bunky had a thread going. You know, tag tag yourself with uh, which which nickname you would be. I, I think myself personally, Yak Gotti. I think is a good one. Mr. Poosh, I can see you as like slime life shoddy. Well, as a as a shanty a shanty appreciator, any anybody with yak in their first name is <laughs> is good with me. Did Unf- you guys see <laughs> Unfunk? Is a good one. <laughs> Did you guys see that in the so there was a Twitter thread that was like making jokes about why Jack Harlow was not arrested. That they were like joking, you know, he's this white rapper who's sort of like he's hot with the kids, not not exactly in like young slime life. And then someone at the, like at the press conference, like thought that that was real and was like, Hey, why wasn't Jack Harlow uh, indicted as well? And the, the people were like cracking up and laughing and the prosecutor was not like kind of not confused. It was, it was like, well, we didn't want to, this is a broad indictment, but we didn't want to overreach on anything. Whatever. <laughs> Jack Harlow guys catching strays. The, uh, the NBA ref Scott Foster yeah. was caught on Mike being like, who is that guy in the front row? Like who's yeah. Jack Harlow? Uh, and, and hand up i had no idea who he is either. i'm not really familiar with a ton of jack harlow's work just it's like background noise to me so yeah randy uh, i think my name would be young young slurp young slurp's a good young one slurp? That, that'd be yeah. that'd be an excellent one uh tc there was more news out of atl what else was going on recently it was. this was this is a couple weeks ago uh one of those cycle party bike trolley things it's like the the bar that you you know pedal around on like, you know, they're big in San Diego, I think. Um, I haven't, I didn't really know that they were in Atlanta too much, but um, I guess the owner operator of one of them, uh, they cra- it crashed. The guy was, the guy was shit faced. Got a DUI, 15 people injured in it. How fast did they get that thing going? This is like the big group thing where, you know, it's like the bachelorette party. You see it. Like, I feel like half of Nashville traffic are, are these big things where you just pedal around and drink beer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a WMD. I think I'm out on all (laughs) team pedaling activities. Like a bicycle built for two always just seemed like not fun to me. So if I'm going to pay you to like serve me alcohol, I don't want to provide the the, like horsepower to be carried me around the, uh, I don't don't really see the benefit to that. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, you can work off those wine coolers or whatever if you're a young lady getting married soon, but I don't quite see it. uh, (laughs) The purpose behind the pedaling. Nor, nor do I want to be weaving through ATL traffic while some, doing that. There's some decent hills in Atlanta, too. Like, I wouldn't want to be traversing. Those things go like five miles per hour tops. I mean, I'm just trying to picture how 15 people could possibly get injured. Uh, on, on Athle- Athletic group. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm dying to ride a tandem bike. I've never done it in my life, but it's definitely on my to-do list. That would have been a good episode of Strapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, what else? Sin fine, massive election win in Northern yeah. Ireland. I don't know Huge if winners. you guys keeping up on your geopolitics, yeah. but uh, 
I did. Uh, I, uh, I, Randy, I did a little, I actually was curious as to, um, you know, with Irish reunification now on the, uh, the agenda, perhaps can they hold the, uh, let's say, I mean, there's probably not going to be a vote for several years on Irish reunification, but could you have the, the open championship at Portrush? Uh, I don't think you could if Ireland, uh, became one again, no longer part of the UK. It's so, a great point, KVV. I, I think there's, there's, it's, it's a whole can of worms, man. I got, I, I, I ate some edibles that we brought back from Oregon and got like nice. super deep on this issue about three yeah. nights ago. That's okay. Great. With, with, uh, some Northern Irish men or just, uh, with no, just by food. myself. It was like me okay. myself on Wikipedia. It was great. Yeah. And then, well, where did, where did you, where did you, where'd you get out on? Come on, on the other side here. We're dying to know. I'm not out on the other side yet. It's okay. also, it was more historically looking, but you know, like I just remember when we went to Ireland a few years ago thinking, you know, talking about Brexit and all that stuff mm-hmm. and just how to, you know, how to do the border. And like, because that was the whole, like that was one of the big hot button things was the border. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you would need a border again, unless they do another treaty of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a whole can of worms. Crazy. Uh- Oh, I was kind of just, I was kind of almost texted Eamon Lynch about it. And I was like, well, that's kind of insulting to reach out to like the one Northern Irishman that, you know, to be like, Hey, what's up with Sinfin, man? Like explain it to me. Uh, so I didn't do that, but if he, you know, if he's, if he's listening out there and wants to come on the trap route and talk about, you know, the good Friday agreement and, and, uh, how a two state, uh, sort of actually might, you know, there's a possibility that Irish could. Ireland could become one again, but that Northern Ireland could still be its own state within Ireland. Uh, Rory could finally decide who he wants to play for the Olympics without any guilt. He could, you know, represent Ireland freely. Uh, so I'll tell you yeah. what the most interesting thing the other night that, that, that I uncovered in my journey yeah. the other night was uh, the mayor of San Francisco. What's her name? London breed. Mm. I think she, she seems kind of, kind of clueless to begin with, I guess a yeah. few years ago, she, um, she she sent out a tweet or some sort of proclamation congratulating uh, one of the leaders of the Irish Republican Army yeah. for his distinguished military career. Oh dear! <laughs> they, like, they, like, they had like an official city proclamation, and it turned into this big shitstorm. And like I had, I don't think she had any idea that like you know what any of this meant or what the historical yeah. context was. Oh, anyway, okay. that's just sounds like she she needed to text text her her. Uh... Her only Irish friend to get some a little bit more perspective on the. Uh, true. That it's reminds true. me of a story, a little side side story. When you said you know you almost thought about texting Eamon, and you're like one of the only Northern Irish person I know. It reminds me, I went to high school, and we had German uh, students that would come from Germany for a year, and then they you know they'd go back. And we had this one German guy, and everybody liked him. He left. We got a whole new shipment of German guys, and my buddy Mike goes up to him. And he's like. Hey, did you uh did you know Stefan? He was the German guy that was here last year. And he goes, Yes, because there are only 10 people in Germany and I know them all. <laughs> Greatest answer nice. of all time. Perfectly uh, German. You gotta appreciate the German sly uh, humor there. You know, the Listen, Germans aren't, you, aren't widely known for their humor. That's, that's, I'll stay on my block over here. The, the I'll stick with my German accent. You can handle all the the other ones that we, <laughs> we know you're so good at. I, well, I'm just such a, I feel like the me doing impressions is it's like a, a wind up doll. Like, Oh, let's, let's have KVV do some terror. So I'm really glad that you broke contain there and, uh, and did the first one here. We, we might need, we might need Wayne player to Wayne player to, uh, to, to weigh in on some, some, some issues later on in the pod. Yeah. 
Well, Wayne, Wayne talking to Golf Digest was a, oh. a bold move there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Kind of uh, shout out to Joel Beal though for always like getting trying to get those people on the phone. Like it's yeah. one of the people who does like legitimately good reporting all the time. Putting his neck out there. Absolutely. You know? Do you guys hear about this wedding in Florida? I did not until I saw it on the agenda. Uh, <laughs> but there, it was a lot of some weed was in the foods. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I guess the bride and the caterer. I I, I guess the husband was was not charged. But, um, but the the bride and the caterer, you know, just cooked a bunch of weed into the food at this wedding and everybody at the wedding got like, was like started heart racing, having crazy thoughts. Police got called, you know, and all these people, you know, needless to say, they, they went in, they checked all the, checked all the THC levels and they were out of control. And uh, you know, there hasn't really been a why as to why, you know, why would you like want everybody at your wedding to just be completely stoned? Like, not you know totally outside of their their own uh, prerogative, but um, <laughs> Speak, there, speaking of edibles, yeah, was, uh, wasn't there one anecdote? Some lady like went to her car. Yes, I have it right here. If I can, re- she was convinced she like. was going to die. <laughs> Mrs. Caddy also approached Miss Bryant, who saw her putting the green substance in small plates, and asked if there was marijuana in the food. Mrs. Bryant giggled, shook her head, and said yes, according to the affidavit. When Mrs. Katie learned that she had consumed food that included cannabis, she became, quote, terrified and went to her car to try to sleep. She sent a text to herself in case she died in her car so that someone would know what happened to her, Detective Anderson wrote. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. It's, like, it's, like a, it's like a Barry McCockiner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got injected with the marijuana. Like three of my cousins died from marijuana overdoses, so... Uh, look, actually, I'm, did you see? Did you see Grayson Murray today? No. Could he? Uh, <laughs> oh, everybody always tweets that he's a that, that porn star that's that like dresses up as the cop. Okay. Uh, everybody always calls him Don Kedick. <laughs> and, okay. right, and so somebody tweeted at Grayson Murray like, "Hey, this is this is my uncle. He's he's served on the force, and I think it was Richmond or Roanoke, Virginia, for." <laughs> 20 years <laughs> he's, can you can, he backs the blue he's a huge grayson fan can you, and grayson retweets it and it's a, it's a picture of this porn star and grayson retweets it and it's like oh my god anything your uncle needs let tell him to reach out to me holy support it was fantastic oh my god somebody had to send it to me because i'm blocked but i'm also <laughs> blocked by grayson murray wow Did, were you guys tweeting at grayson murray to uh you know to talk some shit or is it uh did he just come blocky randomly he said hell yeah tell your brother thanks for what he does and anything i can do in the future (laughs) my my stepbrother is a police officer in the roanoke pd and you're his favorite golfer and he loves you hashtag back to blue wow (laughs) i thought grayson was in was was in the right though in that kevin na dispute i thought uh recently like i thought kevin na was kind of you know kind of being whiny in that whole deal right Oh, for well, sure. I, I've forgotten about that already. What what, what happened? Oh, like they you know, Grayson said something about wasn't someone said like it was like Golf Digest, one of those engagement tweets of like was Kevin Kevin Na walking in putts never gets old, and then Kevin like Grayson was like, well, actually, it's like takes forever, so that's kind of gets old when you're watching him hit or whatever. And then Kevin Na was like, seeing you suck at golf never gets old, <laughs> and you know, and it's sort of dad clap back and then i guess like kevin Na went up to him on the range and was like i didn't appreciate that man i didn't appreciate you trying to 
And Grayson Murray was like, dude, I'm like six foot four. I'll squash you like a bug. Like I probably, you know, don't need to be getting in. I mean, like, again, if you're going to like Twitter beef, just like let it go. Like if you're going to sort of be like a, a dork about that stuff, and not, it's not like he insulted Grayson, or like called him an alcoholic or anything like that. I mean, Grayson was pretty open about struggling with that stuff and, and how, you know, he's trying to put his life back together. Like it was just an innocent sort of dorky dig. And then Kevin Nog goes up to him and was like, Hey man, say that to my face. Okay, man. Sure. Here I am saying it to your face. Hey, what's your problem, man? <laughs> I walked myself into like defending Grace and Mary take, but uh, <laughs> officially your boy now. Like, that's oh god. Well, Porath played in a pro am with him, so I feel like he's forever Porath's boy, uh, in general. So he gets down on that. Well, Man, talk about getting the short end of the pro am stick. Oh like, my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let me jump in here, Poosh. I know you're a football fan. I want to thank one of our other sponsors for today's episode. I'm talking European football. Listen up. We are approaching the final stages of Europe's top club competition and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, has everything you need to make the matches even more exciting. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any remaining match and get $100 in free bets automatically. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own Same Game Parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total goal scored, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU. Bet just $1 on any remaining match and get $100 in free bets automatically. That's promo code NLU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Poosh, I'm very sorry about your Man United squad. What What's going on over there? Ooh, wow. I didn't know we're going here. Uh, well, Same Man thing U. that happened to his Lakers, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. His Yankees. Uh, I'm not even going to address this, this clown show that's going on. The pure misinformation campaign that's being levied against me by these two. Can you list out your favorite teams for the record? Yes, yes. I will list them out for the record. I don't even have a hockey team, so attaching me to the Red Wings is just, like, <laughs> absurd. That's, I that's like, gratuitous. I've, yes. Okay, so you want the explanation as well? Yeah, of course. All right, I, the Niners. I think you all know I'm a Niners fan. I'm from Hawaii, first of all. We don't have, we don't have a professional team over there. We don't have any professional teams. The, the Niners, I have the San Francisco Giants, okay? Sure. Because I was a Barry Bonds fan. So I would just love Barry Bonds. So when he came to the Giants, I latched onto the Giants. I have since been a Giants fan. Were you a Pirates fan before that? I was. I did like the Pirates because I like Barry Bonds. I'm from, again, I have no allegiance to a city. Being from Hawaii, no allegiance to a, a city. Big, okay. Reno fan. She's a friend. So, yes, I'm a, Shane, a fan Shane, of his. Shane Victorino is a friend. Yes. Okay. A flying Hawaiian. Yeah. I played I played high school football against him, and he actually played for uh, Saint Anthony Saint Anthony's High School, a small small Catholic school from Maui, and he played two ways. He played quarterback and he played safety, and he scored five touchdowns against us in a game. He also won the state championship in the one hundred, two hundred, and the four hundred meters. He's like a crazy, crazy athlete, legend, Hawaiian right, legend. Who's your NBA team? 
So my NBA team is the Bulls, but I have not been following the Bulls. Obviously, I'm Jordan, Jordan, you know. I don't care about the NBA really that much anymore. I lo- loosely follow it. I'm kind of starting to... MJ vacationed on Maui one time. <laughs> Actually, MJ plays Piper every year. <laughs> I see him at the pipe all the time. Good story. My but- I, I saw MJ at the pipe one day, and I'm playing with this buddy of mine who's in his 60s. Six- he's an older guy. He's in his 60s. And he's like, I know MJ. I met him t- 12 years ago back in blah, blah, blah. Let's go see it. And he was peeing. MJ's peeing on a tree. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, do not roll up on MJ right now. I don't want my like one interaction with MJ is my literally my sports hero to be him like peeing and I, we roll up off, on yeah. him and I'm like, yo, what are you guys doing? You know, so so there it's in Manchester United football, soccer. And my mom is from Kansas, so I'm a Kansas Jayhawks fan. I grew up born and bred Kansas Jayhawks. Congrats on this. We just so be we just so happen to be going have won the national championship year. So this is where you're going to throw this into the basket. But Man U hasn't been good for seven years, okay? The Niners haven't won a Super Bowl since 94. I hate the Lakers. I hate them. I hate the Lakers. But, so the 90s, were, the 90s were really tough for you then growing up. I mean, with, with the Bulls dominance, the, the 49ers, uh, Man U, I know tough times in the 90s. The uh, Niners won one Super Bowl in 1994, Randy. Kansas basketball was at a low point in the nineties as well. Uh, just, I'm sorry about the upbringing you had rooting for all those underdogs. L- listen, man, you want me to, you want me to apologize for having good teams? Um, not everybody grew up in Cincinnati. Okay. Did you, did you expect Cristiano Ronaldo to, to give Manu a little more this year push or were you just kind of general, like yes. washed? Uh, no, I thought he, I, I thought it was a good signing. I mean, they, they were trying to sign him at Manchester City. They were, you know, a lot of the other teams were, were trying to get him. Even even in the Premier League, were trying to get him. And when we got him, it, it's, it could have only have been a net positive, but it ended up the team just stinks. I mean, it's just a, a team full of guys that are high overpaid. They're all they, they did the, where they, they did they did kind of a Lakers deal where they just tried to bring in as many talented players as they can and stick them in a team together regardless of what their makeup is and and pay them and it just didn't work and this is kind of like rock bottom for, for Manchester. How, how good is christian pulisic he's good can't stay he's, healthy he's though. the best he can't yeah yeah that's that's his issue he he's, plays the Chelsea. he's the best yeah. united u.s men's uh soccer player of all time already and you know he's he's already the best and and whether or not he can get you know the men's team in the world cup to a place where it will draw interest from the general public i think that's really the test for soccer in us is is what can you do in the in the world cup you know a lot of people you know he's playing for chelsea in the premier league team in the in the first team a lot of times he plays in champions league he scores in the champions league he's a legit world-class player he just you know, in America, they want they want to see you do well in the World Cup. That's when the eyes start kind of go back to soccer in general. And so we'll see. They got it. They have a very talented young team. They're going to be good for at least two more cycles, I would say. Hopefully beyond that. But. Well, uh, TC, do we need to touch on this B story? We can do that uh, next week. I think we're going to do do some housekeeping on the airlines front next week. Del- guys, Delta killed a bunch of bees, like five million bees. Yeah, it's not good. Murdered them. On the way yeah. to Alaska, they were killed in Atlanta. It was, it's really, really tough, tough situation. Bees are super important, and that's, yeah, that's tough. Um, 
All right, God, we have a note on here about the stock market and Poosh wanting to make his thesis for buying Bitcoin. Do we, do we need to do that, Mr. Poosh? No, let I'll let Solly handle that on the big pod. All right. Okay. Okay. Thank God. Thank God. When you got when you guys get your when you guys get sponsored by crypto.com, don't don't come uh come come talking to me. All right. Okay. All right. Uh NIL update. TC, what's what's going on? I just wanted to throw this out there. Like it seems like they're, you know, now they're trying to put the the uh, toothpaste back in the tube a little bit. What's going on? Not just, particularly well thought out. Uh, your boy Mark Emmert, what a surprise. Yeah. Your, Randy's boy Mark Emmer just asleep at the wheel? Oh God, who that that would be a shock. I mean, th- this really snuck up on the NCA. It's not like it, you know, it hasn't been kind of coming down the pike for two decades. What, what, I mean, what a, what a gross mismanagement and administration of just on, on every level. Could the NCA be any more inept KVV? Uh, no, no, in no way, <laughs> shape, or form could they be any more inept. And they'll they'll continue to do like bullshit things like punish the you know people for minor violations or whatever that that are sort of silly and don't actually matter i i did like mike bray's comments today if you guys saw him where he was like basically like the Notre Dame coach everybody's got to stop complaining this is the world we live in and last time i checked we make pretty good money so everyone else should shut up and adjust that's the kind of the reality of it now like it's clear that people feel like athletes deserve to be paid and uh, you know, I get the the one sort of thing that I think is probably a tough sell for some of these programs, like where you got this uh, like Pittsburgh wide receiver who's basically like became a stud. He was not like a highly recruited kid. And now he's kind of like, you know, putting himself up to free agency. And you got USC like backing up, you know, a truck uh, full of crypto probably mm-hmm. to um, to get him to come there. Like I can see how if you're a school where you're like, look, our only chance to compete is like to find sort of unpolished gems and polish them up not to like serve as like a farm team for the big dogs or whatever. And so, you know, I could see like some adjustments here and there in terms of like the transfer portal and stuff or the, that that could be kind of uh, refined, but I just don't have a lot of sympathy for coaches and schools that are complaining about, you know, well, it's unfair that these kids are getting tons of money. Like they've been making, you know, millions and millions and billions of dollars off these kids for, a century almost. Uh, and you know, now it's finally like come home to where the spigot is getting open for them a little bit. And I mean, I the, the only thing that makes me ill is like Ohio state is going to be able to buy tons of kids, uh, because they just have such an enormous sort of pool to draw from. And, you know, I think we're all a little bit Ohio so, state weary in general. <laughs> and Ian urban's running the, the fund. Is he running the fund? Is yeah. Herb's running like the live investments of Ohio State? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I saw the 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 uh, stud running back from Texas, Bijan, signed with the local Lamborghini dealership last week. Oh, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's not awesome. I don't know how you pay the insurance on a, the car insurance no. on a Lambo if you're a, a college kid, but. Uh, so yeah. I have a question. I have a question. If does this open, does the NIL open up? market schools and markets that have you know in in bigger markets like los angeles los angeles and new york and places where maybe they're non-traditional sports schools does that open them up to becoming more relevant in the world of of top level sports football basketball i i think if they wanted to i i think the the way i've heard it explained is um you know, it's not, it's not the schools that are, that are paying the athletes. So you, you have to have either 
one, you have to have very passionate alumni. And then two, you have to have, you know, very well off alumni. So, I mean, somebody said hypothetically that the Ivy league schools, if they wanted to become like the, the strongest football and, and basketball programs uh, with, with their rich alumni, like they absolutely could. But uh, of course I don't think that's on, on the agenda really for, for any of them, but, you know, it makes like the 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 oil and gas money for a lot of the the Big Twelve SEC schools. You know, um, I, I think one of the upshots of NIL, it looks like the the U is becoming very active, and I think college athletics is a lot better when the U is at least in football, at, you know, near the top of the uh, uh, of of the heap. I guess seems but, like Houston Houston's kind of raising their profile as well with with your boy Tillman Fertitta. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess to answer your question, like, yes, it, it absolutely could be a way for some schools to compete that haven't historically really been able to compete, but you, you just got to have some really motivated uh, business people and alumni, I guess, to, to make it I happen. Two points. Like one, like, it's not like this wasn't happening before, right? Like now it's just out in the open. Like it's the same bag men that were there before now they're just doing it in an official capacity and they're able to tweet it out uh and b like is there going to be any conflict or tension between the schools and these nil deals to where instead of the school getting the money and throwing it back into facilities or salaries or whatnot it's going straight to the kids and then the you know like i could see there being some tension or some friction there uh, yeah I, I don't know tc i don't know I, I, I don't know. Um, Big, we need to do some deals up at up at Miami. I know we we got to be those people for Miami. So we'll. we'll My buddy, I actually have a buddy that is sponsoring like multiple teams at Miami. Uh, he owns a company called College Hunks of Hall Junk. No, no free ads, obviously, but yeah, he got he was like one of the first people to sign people, and he's his partner went to Miami, so he's deep in the Miami scene. If you guys need an in, let me know. To be clear, we're talking about <laughs> Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Okay, I'm talking about the U. <laughs> but Randy said he's talking about the U, right? I was. I did mention the U earlier, so I can see where that was some confusion. Of course, okay. I just like football's okay. better when the U is relevant, not of Miami and of, of Ohio. But right? I think TC, being that we both graduated from Miami of Ohio, I think we'd <laughs> like to be those. Big boosters throwing around cash for uh, for the Miami sports. Oh yeah, we're, we're I saw that. Uh, fish in a smaller pond at in Oxford versus Miami, yeah. Florida. Speaking fair, of the fair. U guys, I saw that North Dakota, South Dakota, and Montana had more kids drafted than Miami, Florida, and Florida State uh, this past year. So That's probably pretty, had more kids drafted than the Big Twelve too. The Big Twelve had a pretty weak showing. Could did they? That's incredible. Did, did yeah. Texas, didn't Texas like not have a kid drafted? Either? A single guy drafted. Yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing oh, that Texas continues to just step on its own dick like over and over and over again, <laughs> like just for a decade or I mean, really a lot longer than a decade, but like everyone keeps, you know, assuming like, oh, this is the thing that'll get Texas back. Like I'll also say Oklahoma, even before Lincoln Riley bounced from there, they're on notice. A lot of the guys that have been drafted from mm -hmm. them very stinky, malcontents, mm. divas, things of that nature. Even like the oh. linebacker that went to the Chargers, you know, last year, a couple of years ago. Murray. Your boy Hollywood Brown. Hollywood. Yeah. Kyler. 
all all sorts of things of that nature. Baker yeah. Mayfield. I love it, TC. Let's let's holster that NFL discussion for just a second. I want to go around, guys. I, I tasked you with something you've read, book, article, whatever, something you've watched recently that that you want to shout out. Does anybody would anybody like to start? I'll start. Uh, go ahead, Trump. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I read a GQ feature on Nicolas Cage. Uh, and the tagline was, he is one of our great actors, also one of our most inscrutable, most eccentric, and most misunderstood. But as Cage makes his case here, every extraordinary thing about his wild work in life actually makes perfect ordinary sense. It was by uh, Gabriela Paella. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but yeah, Nick Cage is like longtime fascination of mine. Uh, and I guess he's got a new, a new movie coming out that, where he plays himself. Mm-hmm. I, I, Randy, I, I still haven't watched Pig yet either. You need to watch Pig. You'd love Pig, Tron. Yeah, I feel like You'd Pig love would check a lot of your boxes. I, I'm drawing a blank on what that new Nick Cage, the, the title of it, but uh, I too am looking forward to that coming out and, and seeing it. I, I'll, I'll shout out, uh, I watched the movie Swan Song. It's an Apple TV movie uh, at the behest of Nick Kelly. And it was, it was good. It was thought provoking. It's about a guy with a terminal illness and in the near future, a company that has the ability to essentially clone him and transfer all of his thoughts and memories into this clone and essentially replace him without his family knowing that like he's died essentially like a just continuation as is for the wife and kids. I, I thought it was uh, I, th- I thought it was pretty well done. Very very beautifully shot too. So I will uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to that movie. Uh, real quick, the Nick Cage movie. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and uh, it, it's it's currently out. It is in theaters right now. Uh, we we can confirm this. This is breaking news. We can't confirm. <laughs> it's got a it's got an eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice claimed. I know from a movie club on the refuge, the DJ is very excited about the Nick, this Nick Cage film. So, yes. which you guys should pop into movie club some of these times or TV club would love to have you. On the, uh, uh, I need, I need to get in there. And of course that's on our, uh, that's on our refuge website for, for any nest members. If you want to join the nest, go to um, no laying look for the nest icon and uh, you can find your way that way. And Randy and I will not be taking questions about our, watching of the godfather at this point that's still, true we, we still someday we have not it's, watched. Been my, it's been my dream to have a perfect club about the godfather it's only the 50th anniversary we've only been talking about this for six months but uh just can't get a couple guys to sit down and watch one of the great uh trilogies of or at least two-thirds of a trilogy of all time so one day one day uh mr push besides playing a lot of golf how do you spend your time on tour do you do you read or watch much yeah, so um, I, I have something I, I can shout out. Um, actually, a, a guy named Chris Solomon sent an article about why everyone should buy Bitcoin. Oh, God. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ambushing <laughs> <laughs> us. No. Uh, last night, I went uh, to a theater in, for the first time, I've, I've been in the theater, and I think, I don't even remember the last time I've been in the theater, three years plus, in Minneapolis. We went. And saw the movie The Northman by uh, Robert Eggers. Yeah, how was that? Which is, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's a, it's an epic, epic movie. Uh, it is lengthy. It is insanely shot. It's like one of the most 
incredible looking movies I've ever seen in my life. And um, it's like, man, man, manly man shit. You know what I mean? Val Hall and, uh, you know, it's Norse, it's Norse uh, folklore and, and all these things that kind of go hand in hand. And it's a very Shakespearean type tale. Uh, Quite the kind cast of parallels, here. Yeah, it, par- it parallels Hamlet. Uh, in, in many ways and uh, yeah it's, I've kind of done a lot of listening to podcasts about it and I've been very interested I love Robert Eggers as a director The Witch and The Lighthouse I think DJ and I have shared uh, many a, a, a conversation about that but yeah really cool recommend it get some of Tron's edibles or go to you know if they got any leftovers from that wedding <laughs> eat some of that and then go check it out it's worth it Randy, we need somebody like Gary Payton. The glove. <laughs> God, our buddy Martin. Glove OG. What the Gary, the Gary Payton strand strain of uh, a Who's flower in, in Oregon. Uh, is it anyway. a Gary Payton strand? Because Ch- uh, Sean Kemp has like a whole weed store there. It's like, is that are they both in the, in the marijuana scene? Well, I don't know yeah. if Gary Payton's like anything to do with it, but they named it Gary Payton. Oh, I think, well, that might be, I think he does. He owns it. It well, might be because Sean Kemp like owns a distillery and a restaurant or something there. He's like huge into the weed scene. There. The guy, uh, the guy working the counter was like, oh, man, like I don't have any more plastic bags because of 420. And then he's like, man, you getting that Gary Payton shit. That, <laughs> he's going to lock you up, man. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, KVV, did you have anything? I, sorry, I do. Did, yeah. To yeah. tell us. Uh, I read uh, Chuck Klosterman's uh, The 90s uh, just recently. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if you guys, how much have you read of Klosterman's whatever, but um, it, it's just a kind of a book of essays and it kind of examines different parts of 90s culture. And, um, you know, there's like a, a chapter about Ted Kaczynski and a chapter about Garth Brooks and a chapter about Tupac and a chapter about Bill Clinton and it just kind of captures, I think what a weird, interesting time the nineties were. The sort of the point is that like, it was the last um, sort of time before like cell phones made everything kind of ubiquitous, but at the same time, like the internet was sort of exploding. And so it was sort of like, we were the most like watch generation without everything being recorded in the same time. And so it was like, it's, it talks a lot about how your memory of things is somehow like different in a lot of ways than how it actually happened. But because there was so few like recorded history of then of like in the same way that there is now, like YouTube didn't exist or whatever, that a lot of the way that we remember certain events is based on like emotional feeling rather than actual facts. And it just, Klosterman has a really obviously like, some people I think are, you get annoyed by it because it's sort of a, it's not a very declarative way of writing. It's kind of like, it could be this or it could be this, or could these things kind of fold back into one another with this argument. But um, certainly all of us are kind of uh, lived through that era of, of, you know, for me, it was like high school, college. And for you guys, you know, high school and just kind of coming into college and stuff. I, I think it's pretty fascinating. It all would kind of uh, get a kick out of it. And, and um, I like Chuck a lot as I don't know him, but uh, friends of friends are with him or friends of friends of his. And um, I really think, you know, the nineties are just sort of feel like a little bit of an uncovered era in terms of like grasping wrestling with what they meant to um, the sort of the way we live now. So mm-hmm. doesn't Klosterman live in Montana too? He lives in Portland. Yeah. Oh, Montana, so. Oh, really? Yep. 
<laughs> he grew up in North Dakota, but uh, North Dakota. Know. Sorry, sorry. It's only like three thousand miles. You know, total landmass uh, there, Poosh. You know, listen. The, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the Hawaii. The plead the Hawaii. I'm not from these this place. I don't know it well. Okay. The geography. You're in the fucking me. upper Midwest right now, as we didn't. Saw. You just <laughs> drive through Fargo, like you were. I yeah, was actually you, I actually played in Fargo three days ago. Like, <laughs> we won't mention it. <laughs> You were like that, like that Simpsons skit of like, we'd like to give a shout out to Fargo. <laughs> I was just down there at the, the Chili's in Fargo. <laughs> yeah, he knows where my street is. How's the and tour really, it's, it's going great. It's a uh, tertiary market tour, which, you know, essentially just a lot of places that we have either been to sparingly or have never been to before. So uh, aside from kind of a couple of these dates like Denver and Minneapolis. So yeah, it's going great. How far into it are you? We're basically a- approaching the second week. Um, so we have a co- our first couple of days off here in Minneapolis. So I'm enjoying some, some golf and uh, some good food and just relaxing. And how long is it total? This tour is only 18 days, and then we play uh, the Bottle Rock Festival in Napa at the end of the month, and then um, we have our big tour this summer uh, in July and August. So that's basically two months. Push, I have a question. Uh, how, yeah. how do you how do you come down after a show? Like you're 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 riding the high, the wave of all the awesomeness, and then you know it stops, and then you, you go backstage. What's what's the next two and a half hours look like for you? Uh, it's usually um, a shower and then okay. probably some pot. Um, okay, just to be honest. Yeah, some <laughs> some guys like have a glass of wine or you know have a couple of drinks or some beers or whatever. And um, I kind of stopped drinking a, quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. about five or six years ago. I still do enjoy a drink. I'm not totally off of it, but um, it's either some pot or I'll just sit in the bus and kind of text these guys, text these guys random things at the end of the night and just kind of let all that uh, sublimate all that energy that I'm having uh, into something that can really piss Randy off when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> or, or he's watching 49ers film. Oh, yeah. Or, film. or I'm bringing out film. Out. Yeah. Okay. I I will dig into some film late night. Uh, The best is when I wake up to like five texts and it's like film breakdowns of like hyper specific, (laughs) either Niners like draftees or, you know, like backup safeties that they've Coach Yak. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would recommend, go ahead. I would recommend if, when you're done for film breakdown, Severance uh, on Apple TV. Uh, Okay. I started it and I, the other night and I fell asleep in my bunk watching it, but I, I was into it. Okay. It's, was, it's dark shit, but I want to talk about it at some point on a future yeah. uh, pod here. So, all right. I got to check that out too. I've, I've heard that from a few, uh, from a few places. So yeah, same. good, good impetus. Um, well guys, before we get into the NFL discussion, we'll, we'll close with uh with a hearty discussion there. I want to thank our final sponsor and that is our good friends at gooder G O O D R T C. Let me ask you this. How many, how many pairs of gooder sunglasses, uh, do you and your wife Alex have between you? I think we probably have six or seven. We have like we each keep a pair in the golf cart. We each keep a pair in our in like I think like I've got one in my car. She's got one in her car. We have two pairs in the golf cart. We have probably three pairs floating around the house. Wait, you have your own golf cart? <laughs> oh, Tron's a, a Tron's a Florida yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, wow. Lift it up, six-seater. It goes about 35 miles an hour. God. So, yeah, anyway. But the, the gooders, they're fantastic. They are. Uh, they are fantastic. And as, as you guys are doing, they're the perfect sunglasses. You know, buy multiple pair. Leave them wherever you might want one. You know, if it's in a golf bag, if it's in a car. Uh, they're, they're $25 active sunglasses for anyone. Their golf sunglasses specifically are polarized. They're lightweight. They're comfortable. They don't move when you swing. And again, they start at just $25. They're, they're built with golf-specific lenses. So you get the HD contrast and performance without the hefty price tag. Listeners, right now, you can go try them out. Treat yourself to a pair or two. Go to gooder.com, G-O-O-D-R.com. Get 15% off your entire order when you use the code TRAPDRAW at checkout, all one word. And and all orders over $50 get free shipping in the United States. So that's 15% off with code TRAPDRAW at www.goodr.com. Look good, golf gooder. Thank them for being a sponsor of the TRAPDRAW. And uh, guys, we, we got some NFL to discuss. This has been such a point of contention in our, in our group text i it's mainly about quarterbacks but we're, we're i i honestly i don't even know where to start here i, Randy, I almost want to just put push on blast but tc go ahead i'll start i'll i'll ease us into it i just wanted to say this is fucking outrageous dak prescott number one paid u.s athlete last year by like a wide 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 margin wow i don't Before understand tax, how that's possible after tax, by like 30 million dollars he cleared over a hundred million dollars last year. Is he Just doing from, a lot? What of, is is he like, getting nil deals from the oil guys? <laughs> What's yeah, going on? Is, I don't. I don't even really don't see a lot of commercials that I can think of. Campbell's yeah. chunky suit. Oh uh, yeah. Seems like they've kind of moved to McVeigh though. I don't know. Maybe it's region specific. That's why we're just not getting like it's got yeah. a lot of yeah, uh, sort true. of Texas specific he stuff. Stinks though too. Does he stink or is he just like? He's just like he's like a, a souped up version of like Andy Dalton. That's God. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's an interesting take. That's, that is. I don't I, think he's as bad as you think he is, but I think that he is clearly like lacking in some ways to be great. He was he was a great quarterback on a rookie deal. Now he's a media yeah. quarterback on a on a like market setting deal. Look, there's nothing more valuable in the NFL than a rookie quarterback or than a quarterback on a rookie deal who's playing well, because you can just do all kinds of shit with your roster then. And once, oh. once the payment comes, then you're, you slide down quickly on the scale of things, especially when you gave Ezekiel Elliott the money that they gave him. Like, like in one of the single worst contracts I've ever seen. Ezekiel Elliott might I, make sure that no running back ever gets a second deal again. I, I contend that that Zeke contract is, is maybe one of the three worst contracts in the history of the NFL because it com- it single-handedly ruined their window with Dak. Mm. You know, when they paid him, they started paying, when you're paying a running back $20 million a year. And then he gets that's the, hit? Yeah, and then, the, and then that's the reason why they've, they've now lost Amari Cooper mm-hmm. and essentially Randy Gregory as well, because. And, and just, Lyle Collins too. Yeah. I, I was going to say, didn't they, didn't they pay Zeke with like the best offensive line in football and they still decided to, to pay Zeke that. Which is, yeah. uh, that's all like a huge Jerry Jones type thing, right? He just couldn't take like the PR hit of letting Zeke go. Like you should always, always, always just basically say, Hey, you know what? This will blow over. 
in like three, four months, whatever media people who are complaining about how, Oh, you got to pay Zeke, just ignore them. And like those things will go away quickly. That, that is the, such the deal in the NFL is like, if you can avoid the initial, like, honestly, this is like, uh, this is going to sound terrible and blasphemous considering I live in Baltimore, but like if Lamar won't sign a deal that like, if he's really saying, oh, I want 45 million a year, the Ravens should just say like, Hey man, like we'll franchise you. And if you like, if you end up having to walk, we'll just take the PR hit or whatever for a year. And then we'll keep moving on because signing you to a 10 year deal where you're getting paid, you know, whereas you get a hundred million dollar signing bonus, or whatever, is this going to cripple our team? Like you can't figure out a way to sort of make that work. And so just take the hit and then move on and keep building your franchise in a sort of long-term way. That's the way good teams do it. That's, That's really not interesting. how the Cowboys do it though. I mean, no, it's not how the Cowboys do it. <laughs> do you, do you think, do you think, um, so, so you wouldn't give the mega extension to Lamb Lamb. That's that's very interesting, KB. I, you know what? I wouldn't say that I wouldn't give it to him. I would say, like, if he's insistent or his mom is insistent, nobody really knows, like, who's running those negotiations because he doesn't have a traditional agent. If he's insistent on being the, like, highest paid player in the NFL, I would say, like, hey, you know, we love you, but we're just – we're going to franchise you and for a year and we're going to see if we can win. But, like, this isn't going to work right now. We can't allocate – you know, $45 million uh, a year. Like, I've, I don't know what the tag number would be, but it wouldn't be quite that much. Uh, and you'd obviously would spread that out over the cap, but it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not quite similar to Zeke because obviously you have to pay quarterbacks a certain amount, but like, uh, you know what? I would have probably walked from the Aaron Rodgers thing. If I were the Packers I mean, paying him $45 million a year, doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, if you, if you drafted Jordan love, then believe in it and give it the chance to go. I mean, I, I just, it's insane. If you don't have Rogers is a little different because he's clearly like one of the three best people at the position. And, and I think Lamar is great, but I don't know that I would sit here and argue that he's one of the three best people in the position. He's not. So if you have one of those guys, you have to pay them. But if you not, if you have like the ninth or 10th best person in the position and they think they want to be paid top five money, you let them walk, man. That just, you have to. Because you cannot cripple your franchise for five years making a mistake like that. It's so crazy though, because what if what if you can't find a competent replacement? Like that's, that's what's true. so scary, I think, right? For for I, these for these. But that's teams. the name of the game, right? In the NFL. It's it's all about trying to get your team to a to a, a reasonable level and then pretty much doing anything you can to get the franchise quarterback, no matter what it costs. I mean, you could see why the Browns made sort of all kinds of embarrassing moral compromises with Watson, right? It was because they have been stuck in freaking, not even neutral, but like in reverse with all these the cycle of shitty quarterbacks. So they keep thinking like, oh, is it, you know, is it this guy? Is it this guy? Is this guy? And you can't, at some point, if you can't figure it out on your own, you're drafting and developing one, you might as well let someone else develop somebody. And then that's why they gave him $230 million guaranteed. I just, I don't know. The Raven, I think with the Ravens situation is tough because they went through like 10 years of terrible quarterbacking. And so the city was kind of like scarred in a lot of ways. So that's why they, they have, you know, kind of, I don't want to say rational, but like this huge loyalty and love to Joe Flacco, because that sort of like broke the cycle of like shitty quarterbacking in Baltimore. And so, you know, when Lamar was so good, when he was young, everybody was like, okay, now this is fun and this is exciting. And it sort of saved football in a lot of ways of like, in terms of making it worthwhile going to Ravens games again. But I still don't know that like, 
it's worth paying out fifty million a year or whatever that Lamar may it's think. Not he act like Lamar's old though. I mean, he's twenty five. Yeah. No. I don't know. It's a tough situation. Like I, it, well, more and more it drags on. I just don't know what what the right answer is. I also think that the tough thing in Baltimore is that they've completely revamped the team to fit Lamar. Right. The offense is completely switched to this very scheme specific thing with with him running the football, and that's. Not necessarily, you know. Yeah, I think a little bit of that. Just anybody. I think a little bit of that is overstated. Like the personnel, like maybe, but like it's really Greg Roman running this show, right? If you if Lamar walked or whatever, you could, like Mark Andrews isn't going to be a bad tight end all of a sudden, and like Dobbins isn't going to be a bad running back, and the 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 line that they have isn't going to. There's not like just good at like you know RPO run blocking stuff, and so you know them it did obviously like this style caused a little bit of problems with that's why like Hollywood Brown decided, Oh, he needs to go somewhere else, but he would never would have, it's never going to be worth like a, a big extension as a wide receiver, even if he, he was playing with freaking Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes. And so absolutely like getting a first round pick, essentially renting him for three years of a rookie deal and then flipping it for a first round pick that you spent on him. That was a, a steal for the Ravens there. Sure. I do think Randy, we need to do like, we need to establish when we talk about this tiers because we're kind of running all over the map here already. <laughs> who, who, everybody should have to say, like, who are your three, your top three quarterbacks going forward and, and limit it to three. And then going we'll forward, forward. That's a very important distinction going forward. Or now you guys, you can set the terms of the debate, Randy. You're the, you're the man who called this. You, you called the vote. So you, you decide the terms. Well, I like that. I, I, I would love to hear everybody's top three. And then I was thinking like, well, then we power rank. But I, but I think the easier exercise is to almost create tiers and try to fit guys into certain yeah. tiers. But, 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 but what's the range? Is it this season or is it like the next three seasons? Because I think those are two very, very different questions. I, I always think like, let's, let's, let's put a five-year window on it. If, if, if you're... You know, if you're starting a, a franchise from scratch, uh, how much? Three, three years. Three, okay, like three, three years. So let's let's you know, we'll, we'll couch our debate in from today. So essentially, the next three seasons, wh- who do you want and where are you putting guys? And that's where I think like three makes it interesting. Where you could talk about Brady, you could talk about yeah. Rodgers. Whereas five, you're not necessarily going to go that direction. Did you guys see this this Brady news that broke today? Insane. Just Ten insane. years, three hundred and seventy-five million from Fox Sports to be to be uh, an analyst when he retires. Any chance that Tom Brady is even as good as Peyton Manning or Tony Romo at doing this gig? I don't think there's any chance of that. I, I just really don't. So how do you how do you justify paying him thirty-seven million dollars unless it's like a money laundering scheme? <laughs> it's name. It's name recognition. You know, I think that's I just what it is. But like, aren't people going to watch anyway? It's the fucking NFL. That's what I don't get about the NFL. No, I don't know if anybody's tuning in for the broadcasters. Uh, it's to me, it's going to be like a huge. I mean, Fox is known for making some of these like kind of boot deals, but uh, it's just putting Brady's face on the product. I think that's yeah. just what it is. You know, it's like we have the goat. We have you know Tom Brady is our guy now. Just put him in all the ads and put him in his face on the product. It's more weird too, because like they, I don't. I mean. Yeah, I just don't get it because it's like it's not I, like like they're still going to get the same games. They're still going to have the same windows. They're still going to. Yeah, I don't know. I would say, though, that they're a lot of the this is based on a little bit about working for a big company that there's a lot of nervousness at the executive level about like Apple and Amazon 
getting involved like this amazon deal of broadcasting nfl games like you know that's why like aikman whatever did that and that's part of the reason why espn has joe buck and stuff it's it's kind of there's a lot of huge amount of money for these streaming services that want to pay out a ton of stuff so if fox is like well we have to establish our credibility we just lost you know some of our top announcers like who can we kind of line up and train to get moving right away we have to find they have to basically take a risk that they're getting the next romo in this kind of uh you know equation and I, i just still don't know like brady's never been like particularly forthcoming about anything right whether it's football stuff or his private life or anything and so is Brady really going to sit here and, and open up and tell you like, okay, this is why this, this X receiver ran a terrible route. And is he going to be able to process that stuff in real time in a way that translates to viewers? I think that's, what's fascinating yeah. to me is like, he'd kind of have to change like Peyton Manning's always been sort of good at that stuff, but will Brady be able to like, of course Brady can do it like in a football sense. Can he do it for like a viewer's sense? So Sorry to derail us here on this. No, uh, no, that's all right. Well, I let's uh, you know, let's let's give top three quarterbacks for the next three years. I, I want to hear everybody us lead us off. I, I, mine are in no particular order. I, I think Aaron Rodgers. I think, um, God, as much as it, I, I, I do think Josh Allen. It's taken me a while to to come on board there. And you guys know I got to put Joe Burrow up there, and that's not—that's just not Homerism. I mean, we can go into it, but I—I I mean, I'm convinced he's is like he's—he's he's a top three quarterback for the next ten years. All right, that's you know, I—I'm I, with you on Burrow. I, I feel like he—he uh, he is a Jesus type figure for your your squad, but uh, I'm not—I can't surprise you went with Rogers, Randy. I'm gonna make you defend that take a little bit. I know that's probably the one I'm like least enthusiastic about i just at the end of the day i I don't know he's their double digit win team with not a ton of like weapons around him at least relative to other top quarterbacks and i mean the stats are the stats at least in the regular season right it's it's they're they're goofy stats i I just think like you put aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback you, you feel good about like at worst we're going 10 and 7 and we got a shot at the playoffs I don't, do you I think don't. he'll have the interest to play for the next three years? Like to me, that would be part of what like is Aaron Rodgers' attention span like going to still be there at forty two? Like oh, I'm saddling up one more go. You know, I would think like if he if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be around for three years, to me that suggests he doesn't want a Super Bowl in those first two years. To, which also suggests to me like that Aaron Rodgers is quickly losing interest in or he's like creating some sort of controversy or some sort of like attention plea up there that just, he needs to feed off of some sort of uh, grievance in order to, to play out the next three years. And I don't, I'm not sure all of that is going to be super helpful and productive for the Packers franchise. I think that's fair. And I have no way of convincing myself or anybody else that of course he'll play. I, I guess I, I, I don't know. And that is a big, I, I will concede that's, that's a, that's a concern. Who's up next? Poosh. All right. I, I'm, I'm Justin Fields. Trey Lance. <laughs> Trey Lance. And God, who would Poosh's third be? This boy, Kyler, maybe? Jimmy Garoppolo. I, <laughs> Randy, that's your boy, Kyler. Eddie Bridgewater. Right. Settle down. <laughs> Two gloves. Uh, uh, no, I would say my three are 
Pat Mahomes. I think I don't know how you can leave Mahomes off the list. I'd his say brother, Josh Allen. His fiance. Right. I mean, sure, but bad haircut. <laughs> Josh Allen, two. And three, I'll go Joe Burrow, just because if we put the three, we put the three year window on it, I'd say Burrow. But if if not, I, if it weren't the three year window, I would I would probably put Rogers there as well. KVV? So yeah, go ahead, KV, and then we can get into it. Uh, I would say that I would I have some concerns about Mahomes, uh, but I would still put him at the top spot on the list. Like I think stuff came a little bit too easily for him for a little, not too easily. Like he didn't deserve it, but like things just really kind of clicked uh, really well. And I think actually what happened this last year probably good for him in the long run to sort of, you know, get a little bit uh, motivated because they easily could have won that game against Cincinnati. Apologies, Randy, but I don't know, but easily is the right word, but they, they could have won that game and they probably, I I think think they should have won that game. They should have won that game and they might, you know, win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, if they win that game with a, I think a flawed team. So I'd still put Mahomes at number one. And then I would probably, I would put Brady at two. Uh, even with the three-year window, because I have promised myself that I would stop doubting that, like the oh, that or the stop kind of writing that the end is sort of near for Brady. Like it's obvious that it's just he's gonna freaking keep doing this forever, and he keeps getting smarter about how to play the game. His arm strength doesn't seem like it's is diminished. Uh, you know, he threw for six thousand yards or whatever last year. Uh, Science keeps getting more advanced. Definitely the science. I, I, uh, KVV, does this does does this deal with Fox Sports not not? I mean, doesn't that change everything though with Brady? I, somebody on Twitter was like, "Dude, if you're thinking about retirement, like you're you're reti- like it's it's not a good maybe, way to approach an that's NFL the parcels, season." Yeah, it's parcels. I also but. think though that like maybe it's like a a deal where he's like trying to sort of just tell the wife like, "Hey, I got this the next thing to sort of." lined up already like I I'll, I'll get there eventually. Like, you know, I, I just don't, he's addicted to football. He it's clear like that it, basically like his wife has wanted him to walk away from it for years. And he finally was like, all right, fine. I will. And then it was like three months of being out of it. It was just like, Nope, this is not for me, dude. Like, I think he's one of those people who you're going to have to drag from the game. And like that third year might not be great, uh, three years from now or, or whatever, but he'll be 47, uh, which is insane. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> but how good was he last year at 45? Know. You know, he, he's also he, one big hit away from being like, man, that 37 and a half million from Fox sports is looking awfully good. And he Maybe. lost some key cogs in the system too. I'm pretty torn between my third spot between like Burrow and Allen. Like I, I do believe a lot in Joe Burrow, but you know, Allen has subproved it a little bit longer now. Uh, obviously, like Joe Burrow is probably the greatest college quarterback, has the single greatest college season of all time as a quarterback. And so, you know, he can play football at a level that is extremely high. But uh, I don't know. I think like Allen's really, Allen is, was like a late bloomer and the game has finally started to sort of slow down and he makes some throws that are like, holy shit, nobody else in the, in the league can make that throw. And so I think for now, I would probably put Allen on that level. He's like playing in a like perfect environment. That's a better franchise than Cincinnati in terms of like overall building, roster building. And so I think I would give Allen the nod over, over uh, Burrow at the three spot. TC? 
I'm going as much as I want to rock the boat and throw Herbert <laughs> in there or, you know, somebody else in there. I think it's for me, it's, it's, uh, it's Allen, Burrow and Mahomes in no particular order. I think it's those three guys. Uh, I think Herbert, I'm bullish on him. I think he's, I think he's got great weapons. I think, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to see what happens this year. Um, I'm, I'm more bullish on lamb lamb. Than most, I think Mr. Unlimited is going to have a couple good seasons in in Denver, um, but no, I think it's it's pretty clear cut for me. Can we get Randy on record with his with the Herbert thing? Yeah, we got to dig into that. I I think I think yeah. My my take on Herbert is I need to like the, these stats and these like just glowing uh, testimonials you'll read about them. I, they just need to translate into a little bit more team success for me. You know, when, when you're losing down the stretch to the Texans and, and the Raiders last year, it, it just, it, it all feels a bit empty. Uh, some empty calorie stats. I, I'm just, I'm not sold on the gospel of Herbert yet. Who would you guys rather have, Herbert or Stafford? Stafford. Yeah, Herbert or Stafford. For the next three years? Yeah. Herbert. I would take Herbert. Yeah, I would take Herbert. We, I mean, we've had a big Stafford discussion. So for the longest time, Stafford, I thought, was the ultimate like fantasy football quarterback. Just totally like empty stats, throw you, you know, three touchdowns and three picks. Uh, every, you know, everybody who played fantasy football thought that, oh, like, you know, Stafford's great. But with anybody who watched actual football and could understand it, would show you that like he'd always throw you those killer things. And like a lot of it got blamed on Detroit, like, you know, that somehow he was burdened with, you know, uh, playing with one of the fucking three greatest receivers of all time, that that was such a, a heartache for him. But he, you know, he delivered in a lot of ways. Like he played pretty well in that Tampa game. Uh, he played obviously pretty darn well in the Super Bowl. So I'm grudgingly like accepting a whole new world where Stafford is like a legitimately good quarterback. I do not buy some of the argument that like, Oh, he's a future hall of famer or that he's, you know, among the best guys in the league, but I'm accepting in a lot of ways that at least that he's not the guy necessarily who showed us in Detroit. Next, next three years, who would you have Stafford or lamb lamb? What's the contract situations? <laughs> so I, 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 I really like lamb lamb. I, I he's so much fun to watch and he's such be, he's so beloved by the, the guys on the team. Like, and he played like legitimately, unbelievably good football until every single person on that roster got hurt. Like if you're dogging Lamar for like, yeah. and not anyone in this chat, but like anyone who's dogging Lamar about like what happened last year just needs to kind of like step back and realize that like any quarterback who lost literally like 19 guys for on IR would have been pretty limited in what they were able to do. So it, Dobbins, that Dobbins injury was huge because when Mark Ingram was really good and could basically like run up the gut, and it and bust, you know, it, it made them really, really hard. It was the year that Lamar won the MVP. It made them really hard to defend. And Dobbins blows his knee, whatever, in preseason. And that completely changed the whole context of the organization. So if Dobbins is actually good this year and back at full strength, they could be scary good if they stay a little bit healthy. Guys, I think we, I, I think in the interest of time, we we got to start. We, we got to do our tier exercise. We we, okay. we gotta we gotta put quarterbacks where where we think they belong. Okay. Do we want to start at the highest tier or the lowest tier? Let's go down. Let's go down the okay. list. All right. So I, I think the highest tier is just absolute stud. You pay him 
any amount of money you can, you have to keep them, right? I, I think based off of oh, our top three, the highest tier, the alphas. Let's go. Let's call them the alphas, TC. I mean, based okay. off of our top three quarterback discussion, I I, I think it's I, I don't think anybody would argue with putting Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow in, in that category. That feels like the consensus. Yep. So the question is, over the next three years, who else belongs in that category? Who, who once they get off the rookie deal, it's like no brainer. We just got to give them all the money we can. Well, I think I think realistically, I think Herbert probably, if as long as Herbert doesn't totally implode this year, I think he gets there. I also think Deshaun Watson, with a massive, massive asterisk next to his name, probably is in that discussion. I mean, he he's one of the he's probably one of the best five quarterbacks in the league just on his own merit. But like, I mean, obviously there's, there's a whole nother conversation to be had there regarding, (laughs) regarding that guy who I'm, you know, I I wouldn't want it as my quarterback, but I think we've got a clear cut, like basically Allen Burrow, Mahomes, we'll say Brady and Rogers. Yeah. And then I think, you know, Randy's probably not going to accede to, a Herbert, like Herbert's like next first dude in the next first yes. Lamb Lamb seemed like their first. So my, dude. my next tier was just like flat studs, like stud quarterback. And and I would feel great about putting Herbert there. I think Lamb Lamb KVB based off of your like uh, I don't know, do we pay him or do we not pay him? Like I think we can all agree he's, he's a stud quarterback. Uh, For sure. Push to your point, like Watson obviously got the money from Cleveland. I Strictly this, football speaking, I could see the argument. He's in that alpha category, but if we want to just put him in the stud category, I I have him in the stud way. category, the one below. So yeah, that makes sense to me. This category, the second tier, is the most interesting, right? Because you could there's a lot of people who would tell you like, oh, Dak deserves to be for sure in that second tier at worst, and Kyler deserves to be in that second tier. And Russell, you know, Mr. Unlimited deserves to be in that second tier. But I think there's a lot of debate about amongst us about like, I, I'm not a big believer in Kyler at all. And the sort of noise that he's making about, you know, demanding this huge extension when to me, like just hadn't really done much and was awful in that playoff loss. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. Like I'd put Kyler, I'd made, I'd certainly put Dak ahead of Kyler. If you're going all right, forward. So for studs, we I got Herbert, Lamb, Lamb, Watson. I think Stafford. Is in there. Stafford and Russ yeah. is who I also had in that bracket. What about Carr? That's an interesting one. No. I have him under my – I have him in the, the category below, which is guys that you probably have have to pay, but they are they're, – they're also flashing a lot of beta traits. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, so we're good? We're good with Mr. Unlimited? I think, I th- I think he's a stud, right? I, I think he's a – I mean, he's he's, he's he's a corny motherfucker, but he's, he's he needs a he needs I a bounce back for either. sure. But he, you know, he's legitimately like a very good quarterback when he's healthy. So yeah. I, I think the interesting one then is Kyler, and I I'm not ready to put Kyler oh, in the in the stud category. Not. Yeah, no, I have, he's a fraud. This whole like the look one of the most important things about being a franchise quarterback is your maturity, and this is why I was never a big believer in Baker, even like when he was playing well. Because you can't be like opening up the notes app and like writing these like sonnets about how you know you you feel like you've been disrespected or whatever, or deleting on your Instagram. Like, look, does this make me sound like a little bit of an old man? Like, sure, <laughs> but it's just such a stupid, needless distraction. Like, if you're not if you're not feeling respected or whatever, you got to just ball out. You got to basically like have everybody you know 
have the people who like are your supporters be rattling in those sabers, but you can't be like, Oh, I'm going to delete all my pictures off of uh, Instagram thing. Instagram. Is so it, it's different. And it's different if you're a wide receiver, right? Cause wide receivers are kind of naturally crazy. Like that's kind of, they have to be a little bit crazy to sort of do that or immature quarterbacks just can't do that because it creates such a, like a, a stupid news cycle of like, Oh, Hey coach, did you see that? You know, I mean, it's like Aaron Rodgers engaging in that kind of behavior is so beneath like a sort of normally like a franchise quarterback. Right. And so Kyler doing that is just, it's dumb to me that there's, that's why I feel that I understand the Oklahoma being on notice. Tron. Do we, all right. So do we do an, another tier here? That's kind of damaged goods. Yes. That's yes. yes. Kyler. Uh, you know, I don't think stinky Dak is damaged goods, but I don't, I also don't think he's a stud. I put, I put him in that and I put car. Derek Carr in that category. As well. I would say Dak is damaged goods because he's got like the shittiest contract in the league. You know? Okay. That, that, I and can he see also that. I mean, continuously loses in the playoffs, yeah. like in the first round of the playoffs, and that just doesn't perform in seemingly, you know, their biggest games. Why, why do you think Derek Carr is so. Um, what, what, what is it about him that kind of keeps him from being elevated in people's minds? Cause, cause the st- every time I look at his stats, I'm always like, God, those are a lot better than I would have guessed. And it's like, is Derek Carr's career going to turn out better than like Matt Ryan's career? Or is it like, is Derek Carr just like Kirk Cousins? Who's would you see guy? Derek Carr getting? I mean, would you? Can you imagine a scenario where Derek Carr like leads his team to like on the verge of Super Bowl victory? I mean, it, I, I just I'm not sure. I'm quite ready to. Unless it was like that. just a predator defense, like a Trent Dilfer situation. You know, he makes like two or three throws a game where you're like, wow, that is awesome. That guy, that guy has the talent to be do anything. And then he makes a, a number of very stupid throws. That you just he makes the, yeah, he makes that. the exact polar opposite throw of that. Those throws were, were like, the, that's one of the worst throws I've ever seen from a professional quarterback. Like he'll just throw some, throw them up there now and again. And it's like, it will kill, kill the game. A lot of times, like, it seem like he's getting better though. And he's got, like, he's got good weapons for the next few years as well. Yeah. I would say whatever, regardless of like how we feel about like the guys who are in the tier below this, what I would refer to as like the game manager type tiers, like the Ryan Tannehill, Kirk cousins, all that. sort. I, I wouldn't even Matt Ryan. Now Mac Jones, like these, those are the guys who look, you can win nine, 10 games with, but you're not winning a super bowl unless like everything breaks your way with those dudes. See, and I people I think that Mac Jones is crazy, crazy like asset somewhere else. Like the offense. I would put yeah. cousins in the I would put cousins in this category. I think cousins is yeah, in the on in the par ca- with with I think cousins is on is in the same bracket as these guys as the as Kyler as the, Dak or as the, the yeah, Kyler Dak Carr, Mac Jones. Because I would about, put Cousins below that. I would put him in the manager category. Just like never going to do enough to sort of like lead you to, to win, but can manage a, a roster that goes nine and seven. I think if you look at his stats and his play, he's, I think he's better than people think he is. I think that's, I mean, obviously he's kind of another, another kind of cornball goofy dude that is kind of hard to, hard to like in certain ways, but he, I mean, when that offense was clicking with when they had dig when they had digs as well, that they were they were a tough also out. Throwing to like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and he's got he's got the chef running the ball. 
I did watch him a bunch when I had to write a piece about him a few years ago, his last year in Washington. And, you know, one guy, anonymous person told me, it was like, look, he'll never embarrass you, but he's just not a good, like he's a not good player. Like he's, he's just very <laughs> average. He'll elevate, he will not elevate anybody else. Uh, I think he's I feel like that's Andy Dalton. I feel like that's the Andy yeah. Dalton Memorial yeah. quarterback mm-hmm. category, which I feel like, I mean, obviously Dak, and Carr and Kyler have more upside than a Kirk Cousins, but I think that it he's the consistency and the there's something to be said for the fact that he doesn't necessarily. I mean, he does throw some bad, bad, bad balls, but like he at least has gotten into the playoffs and gotten close a couple of times. You know, he took that he did take that team beat the Saints on that you know on the crazy you know Hail Mary. Harry Helmary Ball. Three, though. He has a brand new coaching staff. Like, he's, he, I don't think he's going to get any better, right? Like, he's just going to get kind of decidedly. That's why I put him in the bracket of you kind of have to pay a guy like that, but you, but he's I, probably I not going to win manager. the Super Bowl. I want to have a Mac Jones discussion real quick. Uh, yes, Mac Jones. I, I am of the opinion, KVV. Sorry to put my opinion first. I'm not sure he's going to get any better. Like, no, I, I, I think agree. he might be this quarterback for the next 12 years. Right. And you know what? Like you can win with that guy, but I don't think you can win more than 10 games. Like you have to, and everything has to kind of like, yeah. you have to work around his various weaknesses or limitations. I, this idea that like New England solved their quarterback problem, he's at probably at best, what, the ninth or 10th quarterback in the AFC? Like, I, I, it just, to me, I just don't see how he's the answer to, he, he's fine. But he just doesn't, for me, possess any kind of plus arm. He's accurate. So, like, okay, well, are you going to win with, like, a Chad Pennington type? Sure. Can you win Super Bowls with it? I don't know, man. Like, it, I just – I'll, I'll happily eat it if he turns out to be better. I'll come on here and I'll, I'll apologize. But I do not see currently, like, that dude's ability to be at next level. That, that's how I am. And I would have said – you know, you, yeah, maybe you can sneak a Super Bowl with a guy like that, but but now with the crop of quarterbacks in the AFC, it's like I, I don't I don't know how. Instead of just having to beat like a Peyton Manning and then try to go win a Super Bowl, you, you got to run through Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, mm-hmm. Watson. There, there's just no way you can beat that many good quarterbacks. Would you guys rather have Jalen Hurts or Mac Jones? Oh, God, I'd rather have Mac Jones. Yeah, I just don't think Hurts is particularly great. Uh, it, to me is like his footwork's so bad in, you know, again, like what, look, he was sort of allowed to, we have this discussion a lot in our text about like teaching quarterbacks to play at NFL level while they're in college. Right. To me, no one ever really taught Jalen hurts. Like this, the kind I mean, maybe they tried that year. He was at Oklahoma, but at Alabama just was basically like, yeah, we're going to run read option. We're going to run around and you can make two or three plays a game and we'll just win overall on talent. But you know, he looked awful in that game, in that playoff game against Tampa. And I just don't know, like, is, is he going to reach a point where he legitimately is, like, setting up his his posture is the same on every, you know, drop back. He's going through progressions. He's making, like, the, you know, leading in his eyes different places to draw away certain coverage. Like, I would love to see it because he's a fun player. But, I, you know, to me, it's like you're reverting back to that sort of that Vic kind of, or even, you know, it, it just, you got to have more than that. You got to be more than just an absolutely like stud athlete uh, because you're going to get beat around. You're going to, you're going to take so many different hits. I, he, I, I do think too, 
I saw like Phil, uh, Philly of Inquirer wrote a story, which I think made a good point is when you're a quarterback and you're drafted in the first round, you have to prove that you are like not good enough. Like Baker Mayfield got a long run because he was the first pick, whatever. If you're drafted in like second or third round, you have to the opposite. You have to prove that you're good enough because people are ready to sort of cut loose on you. And so you, you're there. Philly's in decent shape in terms of like, well, we don't have to invest a lot of money in him. Like we're not even paying him initially, like first round money for the next couple of years. Like it, it, you only get four year deal if you're drafting the pick. The but you can, I think you can get a fifth year option. Jalen Hurts could be decent if you develop him, but you're not. In, you thankfully you don't have to invest a ton in him. You know, for right now. I feel like we need to do a good game managers and a game managers you don't trust. Like they're like two different buckets almost. Yeah. Right. What, or, what about Tua? Is he? A, I assume he's kind of a game manager. Do we? Do we like Tua? Gonna, yeah. Like I'm gonna raise my hand and just say like I don't think Tannehill. Like I wouldn't take Tannehill over any of the guys we, we've talked about so far. Like I think Tannehill yeah. is fucking terrible. <laughs> I I have never been sold on Tannehill. He doesn't do much for me. Dang. Would you rather have Garoppolo or or? Or Tannehill. Oh, my guy Jimmy G's a winner. I'll take him. Would Would you rather have Goff or Tannehill? Now that's a good question. I'd probably Tannehill. Goff like is just the game, player, the game is right? too fast for Goff. I, yeah, Goff's like more mistake prone. Like I, I would much rather have Jameis over either of those guys. I think Jameis at least is a huge. There's an upside there. I mean, yes. Jameis has a chance play. still to be good. I think. Yes, thank you. Jameis is like. I swear to God, Jameis is going to be like a really, really good quarterback in the NFL. Well, Jameis, I mean, when he the year before Brady went to the Bucks, and Jameis, Jameis basically like led the NFL in passing in like every major category, except he threw like 30 pick sixes or whatever it was. He also Sick. set the NFL record for pick sixes and basically killed like five of the games on his own by throwing pick sixes. But also, like, so, I think Arians might might have been kind of a dipshit too. Right? Well, that's area. Area. The Arians' game plan is they're going to press the ball down the field and they're going to let let the quarterback get loose. Unfortunately, when Jameis is your quarterback, it gets loose, loose. You know, it gets double loose, and the ball can fly all over the place. Who? All right. Who would you rather have over the next three years, Jameis or Matt Ryan? Jameis. I. I mean, I guess Jameis. I, I, I think, think I'd take Matt Ryan. At the I mean, same situation. Yeah, I really don't want either. Um, <laughs> Even Matt Ryan's, you know, he's washed. His, his, his arms washed for sure, but his arms are washed. Watching him last year, Matt Ryan got the shit kicked out of him. He did, like hard. Again, I was watching him like, a few few games. Just watching, he was getting obliterated, and he was still playing. You know, what I mean, I give him a lot of respect for Matt Ryan. After yeah, I'll say this: if you tell me, I can play whatever that you know obviously indy plays indoors so you'd probably play in 12 games indoors throughout the year yeah i could probably take matt ryan because like you're you're like indoor football for matt ryan's a different deal than like going out in the you know playing in the meadowlands or whatever like you, you have a different kind of deal jonathan yeah. taylor's a stud they got some big ass receivers uh all right we gotta we gotta talk second year quarterbacks and let's start uh we'll just go down the list zach wilson does anybody i mean do we I'm just not. I mean, I know he makes occasional like plus throws, but there's no chance I would rather have him over like Trevor Lawrence or, you know, I mean, he was absolutely fluffing him today on Twitter. I got to find it. He's a fraud. I, and I I didn't like him. I didn't like him really at BYU. Uh, 
Trevor, big year for Trevor in Jacksonville. Uh, get out from under the stink of Urban. Uh, I, I, I mean, just because of his college career, like I, I like Trevor. I, I think there's a lot of upside there, but be very curious how this season goes. I'm bullish. I'm bullish. I think okay. you know if he gets back to homeostasis this season, and then they draft some advanced weaponry next off season and sign it. I think you know I, I would have loved to have gotten a Godwin or somebody like that, but. Um, you know, shore up the offensive line, get back to basics, get back to fundamentals. It's basically, he's basically a rookie this year. Yeah. I think he needs to flash something this year. I think he needs to show a, a market improvement. Otherwise, it, to me, then it starts to get a little scary, especially when you're, you're just another year where you're losing the rookie deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're trying to build a program, you have, you know, two more years left after that, essentially, before. You have to, you All have right, to interesting question. Back. Would you rather have Trey Lance this year or Russell or uh, Trevor Lawrence? That's a hard question. I mean, I based on their like college success, you'd obviously choose Trevor Lawrence, who seems like he's been an NFL ready quarterback since he was 19 years old. But you know, I mean, Trey Lance has obviously got a lot of skills that you know translate in a better, much better franchise and much better situation. So. Uh, what are we going to see from Trey this yeah, year? Yeah, Poosh, tell us before, about Trey. Before we get into the Justin Fields discussion oh, to, to wrap us up here, what are we going to see from Trey? I think Trey Lance is going to look a lot. I mean, I think people, he's going to, I'm thankful that there's a lot of things going out in the internet right now saying how the, the Niners staff is underwhelmed by Trey Lance and he can't do this and he can't do that. And it's really lowering, lowering all the expectations, which is great. You know what I mean? Uh, I think Trey Lance. Shady's playing chess there. He's what have you been about lowering expectations with the Niners? <laughs> I, listen, I'm. I'll take it because I want Trey to be able to to get a fair shot. Because all Trey Lance really needs to do is be better than Jimmy G, which I don't think is going to be very difficult for him, considering the tools that he has, the ability to to press the ball down the field has been non-existent for the 49ers for the entire Jimmy G era era which has had Shani working with a limited field, um, basically not being able to press the ball down the field, having a quarterback that operates almost essentially 20 yards and, and down and inside in the, in the middle of the field. This is a guy that can, can deliver the ball to really anywhere on the field, can run with the football, can turn a broken third down into a first down, uh, regardless of the distance. That was just something that Jimmy G couldn't do. And it's like, you're giving if you're giving Shani two or three extra series because of his legs in a game, that's a huge advantage. And so many times, Jimmy G just he gets in the pocket and he gets, it starts to kind of close in on him, and he just gets all weird and fidgety, and and the ball gets on the ground, and you know, and he throws some of the most mind numbing picks ever, and, and it happened in the playoffs last year. You saw it's like every game. Yeah. Everyone tunes into a Niners game and it's like the first thing on Twitter, Twitter is like, okay, when's Jimmy going to throw it to a linebacker underneath or just throw, you know, throw his dumb interception his one dumb interception per game. So as long as Trey Lance can avoid all of those, you know, very minor, seemingly, seemingly minor things. I think that it's going to be a, a big a step up this, this season. If Lance, I don't know if he'll have statistically great year, but I think the team will be better. All right. Two part of question. A, is Jimmy G on the roster come September? No. They cut him, no. you think? 
No, I don't think they cut him. I think they're what they're waiting for is they're kind of waiting for things to shake out after the first go around and camp. And then they're, I think what, what they're really waiting for is for his surgery. He had surgery on his shoulder. So they're waiting for that to heal so that when he starts throwing again and demonstrating that he's, he'll be ready to go by week, you know, X, then they have teams will be more likely to engage in trade talks at that point. I mean, at this point, I think, realistically what they're going to get back in a deal for Jimmy G is not what they initially sought to get back. So it's going to be something, you know, if we can get a third back for Jimmy G or a second, that would be amazing. I think, I think that's like really where it's at at this point. I have one. Well, so if, if Trey struggles this year, like if he does not play well, do you think they bring, bring in a, a veteran to push him? Well, they, they have Sudfeld. We have Sudfeld, who like is <laughs> no. I don't think they do. I think that he was ready last year. I think that Houston game that he won was a sneaky tough game, even though it was at home. And Houston wasn't that. Houston was at the end of the year was playing much better than they were than they were at the beginning of the year. They were actually Davis Mills. I actually think is is kind of a sneaky good player. And I thought that defense was was playing really well under Levy Smith. So. It was a it was a sneaky tough game for him to win. He won. We had to win it. It was a must win game. He went out and won the game, and looked pretty good. If you go back and watch it, you know he. I've, he had I've one, watched one it eight times, all twenty two. Oh, I'm sure you have. I might watch it again tonight. Uh, Trey's gonna be fascinating. You know, obviously they invested a ton of draft capital there, and just one really year at uh, North Dakota State hasn't played football with the COVID year, and then sat most of last year. It, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, we we got to end on the Justin Fields debate, though. Uh, Poosh, I'll, I'll allow you to first state why at one point last year you texted Tron and I and said, quote, Justin Fields is really good. All the, really all the shit good. about I said Justin Fields is good. Great. He's good. I think he is. I, I actually went back last night, late night. Job doing some, homework, Poosh. Dug into it. some film. Just to double, just to really, you know, double ch- to check on myself. This is how he my, came down. Was, was that was that twenty yard out that he sailed with? That he really did flash there, didn't he? Listen, I only watched the highlights. I didn't watch the bad throws, but the the highlights are so high. I mean, some of the throws that he makes are legitimately impressive throws. He's running to his left. He's throwing the ball back into traffic on a dime. He hits. He hits angles and throws on the sideline that are impressive he has high level arm strength he hits he does get the ball downfield with accuracy i think it's what's the hard thing for him is the is the short and intermediate stuff and the timing stuff where he's having a hard time getting through all the reads and then being on time which i think is pretty normal it's pretty normal for a young quarterback and especially dude Matt Nagy sucked. I mean, he was a ter- he was a disgrace. The Bears, the Bears organization, that that team last year and this team, this roster this year so far is already is making excuses. Terrible. Well, it's terrible. Laying the foundation. KVV, what are you, you're kind of a Bears fan. I mean, you have. I grew some, up a Bears fan. I kind of allegiance. Maybe ab- abandoned it as I became a professional journalist and had to write about the NFL a lot, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I watched him a couple times uh, in person uh, last year. Um, and again, a little bit like with Hertz stuff, like I, I think he's a better player than Hertz. Um, but 
how much I, I get frustrated. And this is maybe one of my beefs with college football coaches is how much are like the Ryan days or whatever out there, the world or Lincoln Riley is preparing guys to play at the next level. And I think there's a difference between like a, an NFL coach who basically figures out like, okay, I'm going to, or a college coach who figures out, I'm going to take like a Joe Brady did with Joe Burrow. I'm going to teach you everything you can. We're going to be successful at the college level, but I'm really training you for the next level. Cause that's the whole point of you being here, right? Like we're going to figure out a way to win, but we're going to do it in an NFL way. And then the other sort of mentality is like, all right, like you're the best athlete on the field. Like I'm just going to basically tell you where to throw the ball on everything, every play. And you go ahead and do that. And most likely your plus level arm will allow you to do it. And if it's not, then just run because you're too good of an athlete. And so was fields like trained to do that at Ohio state. I think, you know, I think so. I think the history of Ohio state quarterbacks is showing that like urban and, and now Ryan day, aren't exactly preparing these guys to play great football at the quarterback position at the next level. And so is the new bears coach who's a defensive guy going to be able to basically like help fields, learn some of the things that he needs to do to succeed. And I don't know, like so far, like I'm, I'm definitely worried. Uh, You know, it's not like they're investing a ton of anything on the offensive side of the football. And so I don't know, can, it's not like it's a great division. So, I mean, the Packers are, are good, but the other teams are kind of blah. So, you know, he could figure it out a little bit, but as a, as a sort of closeted bears fan, I'm worried that it's another, the the bears are basically entering into where the Browns have always been, which is like just another quarterback where you sort of hope that this is the guy. And he turns out to be like, Oh, we've burned five more years on a Mitchell Trubisky type dude. So yeah, at least, but at least he has the traits. You know what I mean? He has the yeah. elite arm. He has the the, the game breaking speed. Mm-hmm. He's big enough. You know, he's physical enough. I think it's like when you when you bet on a guy like Baker, Baker Mayfield, who's undersized, or Kyler, sure. who's undersized. Even though they have the they have the other skills, it's like you know they're also going to get beat to shit. Where he's he's getting beat to shit, but he's he's at least he's a big dude. You know, sure. and and. and he does I just have a, that, a strong arm too. Like he can fit the ball into windows that I don't think, uh, you know, I, I think he's a, a stronger arm than Baker uh, and he can make, you know, Baker was probably a better like quarterback in terms of like seeing the field, particularly like his first two years before injuries kind of banged around. Um, and then Justin Fields was either at Ohio state, but you see, you watch those bears games and there's a lot of like, He's dropping back. He's looking. He's not seeing anybody, and he's scrambling around. And yeah, that that works to some extent, but it's it's not really how to have long term success. Like you got to get the ball out in time in various places, and that's what like people think that Lamar just like scrambled around and like Lamar learned to to work within the confines of the Ravens' offense and basically say like, all right, I'm, I'm going to basically look this guy off and I'm going to throw Mark Andrews the seam over the middle, or I'm going to you know hit Hollywood Brown on the fucking go route, uh, or you know. The, this other tight end on the comeback because that's, and that's why Lamar is like a different level of quarterback than a Justin Fields in terms of like guy who's just a, a really talented athlete. He, he had a, I mean, he had a better college development as, as well. Right. With Petrino. Sure. And, and yep. so I think that had a big part in that. He was more ready when he came in possibly as well. Yep. He Guys, didn't, look, he, he didn't complain weird. about sitting a bunch. So like he's, there's some maturity there that like, you know, he's not, you're not having stories about him 
pissing moaning about oh the bears didn't draft guys to help me out or whatever so that's good like there's some there's some signs there that it could be okay. that was the one coaching hire that just didn't make any sense to me like i know that guy was what's it matt matt eberflus or eberflus yeah mm-hmm. like he seemed like he was he's well qualified and all that but he also just seems like he's it's almost like the defensive version of Nagy, like really well organized really you know i, I don't know i just didn't get it I, i'm not a big fan of defensive hires anyway yep um and fields just like he wears some of the worst face paint i've ever seen <laughs> it's a tough scene it definitely that's another thing that's needed you kind of mature out of face paint if you're a legitimately a franchise quarterback you can wear the eye black but you can't do like the full braveheart face paint like it's just <laughs> it's not good and also if you always talk about this if you wear number one you better be an absolute like killer you have that's a because that's like an f you to other people like uh, it's a stupid thing to think like, oh, who cares about your number? But like, if you wear number one and you suck, it almost like seems like you suck way worse. <laughs> I think totally. that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, and, and if you're so, stud so, like Jamar Chase, then you're way even better. It's the white shoes of, of okay. today's generation. Totally. Uh, Pooh, should we end it? Should we, should we announce our bet publicly? You and I have entered into another NFL bet for this year. Yes. You, you are saying that uh, the Bengals will not get back to the 10 win level this year. You are taking the under nine and a half or below. I'm of course, I'm taking over uh, and we have bet both uh, a public apology and a bottle of wine slash a bottle of gin. Yeah. So I think a big part of that, which we, and we've delved into the, the quarterback situations. I think a big part of that is in my mind is that, Lamb Lamb will be healthy this year. I think the Ravens will be a much better team. Great draft. I think great draft. I think if Watson plays this year, then the Browns immediately become a much, much more difficult team to have in your division. Um, you're playing a first place schedule. Uh, that's always difficult. And I do think there's going to be some regret regression with the defense. And I think, uh, people are going to figure out uh, your boy Zachary Taylor Thomas's uh, super genius scheme. Happy this birthday, year. I think by the way. Gonna... Coach, coach's birthday today. Oh, hopefully, I know. you know, good, good bars trying to lure me out somewhere to get beat up by Zach Taylor and his cronies <laughs> when I'm in Cincinnati. But no, I just think there's going to be some regression. I think, I think that they just seem like a team that a lot. I mean, I know you think that a lot of things didn't go their way last year, but being at 10-7, I just felt like watching a lot of the games, there were some crazy things that happened in a lot of those games were to get them to the Super Bowl. I mean, it was just one of those things where they're kind of a destined team, and it's like destiny type of team, and it's hard to f- see those things all clicking back in, into shape again. It's going to be a new group of people. Usually there's a Super Bowl hangover. I mean, I've seen it happen with the Niners, not this past season, but the season before. Injuries. You play the longer season, injuries start to catch up to you. Listen, we'll I, know, I'm not, I would agree if, was, me. if they were like 13 and four last year, but like 10 and seven feels. Well, to be fair, I thought they, I, 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 to be fair, I thought, I, I honestly thought they had gone like, I thought they did go like 12 and five or whatever it is. But when he told me to, I, at that point, I was already way too, too deep down the hole. So I'm just going to run with 10 and seven. That was so, tough. So the bet is is over 
I, I guess at 10, we, I 10 and a half. I, 10 I and a half is the yeah. push. I think okay. Ty, Ty wins it for me. I think that's fair. Okay. I'll give you that. Cause I, I would say the odds are certainly in, in my favor. I think it's a, it is a regression if they don't get past 10 wins, to be honest with you. I have some, some stats on the Super Bowl hangover allegedly. So of the, of the first 55 Super Bowl losers, 38 came back to make the playoffs the next year. So it was almost 70% uh, that it would sort of refute the number of the Super Bowl jinx. But uh, 17 the, of the ones that didn't make the playoffs, the 17 that didn't make it, 11 did not even reach a 500 record. Uh, so there is some, there, there's certainly some historical evidence of some teams that uh didn't obviously lost their ball then were completely kind of shook by it so and i admit i'm the odds are i got odds are against me on this one sure so but i won i won the bet last year so you you did win the bet last year uh house money i i will say the, the Bengals went two and two against the ravens and browns last year so i don't i mean i think two and two is entirely doable against those two teams this year They've revamped the offensive line. Uh, I, I just think uh, my personal feeling is, you know, you look at the team, I, I almost think it was two different seasons, pre-buy and then post-buy, and the team after the buy was was very, very good. And I, I just think you look at the offense with another year, Burrow another year removed from the, the ACL injury, and, man, it's going to be disappointing if if it's anywhere 10 or 7 or, or worse. So... We shall see, but I, I still I, think Zach Taylor's an issue. I mean, I, I know you think that. I know you think that. Um, I, I think it's a freaking monster. The the, the whole offense. Like I, I I think this is the year they really make a leap. I, I, so. I would I would say thirteen oh. and four, fourteen and three uh, is in play. We'll but, say, but we shall see. Probably one of my favorite moments last year was when the Ravens sort of said, well, we're not going to give him a gold jacket just yet. And then he threw for like 500 yards and was like, yeah, I heard that bitch. Like, like, like I love Joe Burrow's basically like chip on his shoulder of basically like if you, if you open your mouth, I'm going to basically make you eat it. So uh, that was pretty, I mean, the Ravens secondary was very garbage, but also like, don't open your mouth like that. Like, don't say those things. Which, yes, exactly. More reason why you should not be talking. Yeah. I got one last question, mainly for KVV and push, like mm. kind of, uh, what the hell are the Seahawks doing? Oh, great question. You would think too, with like Pete being like 78 years old or whatever he yeah. is, that he would want to have like one last push. And now like best case scenario, he ends up with like Baker or, or Jimmy Garoppolo, like anchoring that team. Like it just is a. a and there's very- all sorts of chatter coming out about like they believe in Drew Locke, and it's no. <laughs> well, his quote was Drew Locke would have been the number the first quarterback taken in this in this last draft, which is an interesting because because it might be true. Yeah, little little hands, Kenny Pickett. Oh, tough little, scene, but little, all little. the I think every quarterback in this last draft is in that game manager. Uh, yeah, bracket I, I, if, uh, if they even get there pick it i mean th- look a quick diversion to pick it I, you just cannot i know he played in pittsburgh in college so it's not like the weather thing is that but like anybody who you can't have a quarterback who plays with gloves like it, it just you're, there's never going to be a two like, peyton did that when he had a spinal injury like that's the only like great quarterback who's ever had a good season with two gloves <laughs> so james didn't james play with gloves james do two gloves or did he do a glove on the offhand? He did a glove on the offhand. Yeah. Uh, it Nevis just doesn't Teddy work. Down in uh, Little Hands Teddy down in 
Teddy I'm definitely in, did uh, it. Yeah. Miami now with our, our boy Mikey McD. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the Seahawks didn't bring in Teddy. I mean, that'd be a good fit for them. Uh, I, I'm excited for what I think Mikey McD is going to do some good things with Tua. I think if Tua, if he can't make Tua to be like a legitimately good quarterback, nobody can. So is Daniel Jones trash? Very trash. Uh, I can't believe that like there was any controversy about why they didn't pick up his fifth year extension. Like it, he's he stinks. How bad is Carson Wentz? Like are there are the is the Washington football team just fucked? Or Honestly, I think there's a decent chance that Carson will be better than I think he took maybe a smidgen too much blame for the collapse last year. He, he's he sucked, but they all sucked. Like he he was decent at times last year for them. It's just I don't know. I, I honestly, I spent a bunch of time with Carson before the draft, and I thought this is like one of the most NFL ready QBs like I've ever hung around. Like he's uh, he's going to be great. He he's super studious. He super gets it. Like he's a straight arrow. Like he's going to work really hard. And it just it all felt. I looked like a stud for the first two years of his career because it was like, oh, this guy's amazing. And then it all fell apart very fast. What 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 do you think about all the the rumors that? he's generally unliked in the locker room. It seemed like there's a lot of that floating around. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, obviously like pretty religious guy, uh, but at the same time, like he was one of the first people to sort of stick up for like, say the black lives matter stuff and say like, it's my job to sit and listen. So you think that he was like open to both kind of ends of the locker room kind of, you know, politically. And um, I don't know, it just, it went so bad so quickly in in Philly after, uh, you know, I, I just, I, he didn't Colts, strike me as someone who would like piss people off that badly, but there's something there. The Colts couldn't get rid of him quick enough. That was crazy. I've never, I've never yeah. seen someone get, get dragged like the Colts dragged him. And yeah. I'm a Frank Wright guy. Like it was, yeah. I mean, Ursa basically like, like period point blank saying like Carson Wentz is like a massive pussy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I mean, they had to, they, you know what though? They had to find, it's like in politics, you have to find someone to blame. Yeah. for your total collapse. And so he, he made for a convenient scapegoat. Of, yeah. you know, I mean, Frank Reich's going to be like, oh, it was my fault. Like, he was, you know. Ballard's but, the goat. Like, Ballard's just an absolute yeah. stud, in my opinion. I think we've got, we've got a lot of takes that we've laid down here that are going to, we'll, we'll be able to visit throughout the summer, throughout the year. I'm, I'm excited about uh, what the, what's going forward for us. Well, well, well said, KV. We'll have to uh, reconvene at a later date. We can revisit all this stuff. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Mr. Poosh, best of luck uh, on the on the upcoming shows. And uh, KVV, thanks for joining us as well. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who